Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. Hello. Just just the two of us again. It's uh yeah. it's comes around every now and again. It does, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> it was, was it last week it was me and last last episode it was me and John. Um the week before I think the one before that was me and you. It's, it's starting <laughs> to turn into the thing. Um John and Aaron are absent tonight. Unfortunately, um they both have dad duties. Um uh, for different reasons um but yes so i'm sure hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we can get them on um to the next podcast which technically would be the last podcast of the regular season before we hit the playoff mm, season true, here in the uk uh, so maybe 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 we'll get them on um and that'll be at least we'll have had them for the first podcast of the season and the last podcast of the season <laughs> um and we'll have everybody together um especially before we head towards playoff weekend and whenever we all actually meet and are away for that weekend as well mm-hmm. um dave how are you doing good 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 i'm enjoying the enjoying the tail end of our of our league as we were saying it's been some cracking games over the last few weeks it has indeed and uh we were at the the two the double the belfast giants um card of devils double header this past weekend there and obviously we're heading heading toward another big weekend this coming weekend um and i think let's just let's just talk about it let's just get in there as we always do at the start of our episodes and just let's let's talk about the league and the league standings um because it's it's we've got four games left of the regular season everyone has four games left of the regular season um after this past week uh the guildford flames had one game in hand and they played um as of well as of recording we're on thursday the 23rd and they played that game against the coventry blaze on march 22nd it was uh, wednesday the 22nd um and came away with the win there to take them within two points of the top of the league um just behind the belfast giants um all teams are kind of well all teams apart from one i think nope two um most teams are on have played 50 games um majority i say majority the top four teams that are still in contention have played 50 games i should say so let's just run through that quickly to see what it looks like uh so sitting on top of the league with 50 games played 78 points is the belfast giants in second is guilford flames with 50 games played 76 points the Sheffield Steelers sit in third with 50 games played, 73 points. The Cardiff Devils, who are still mathematically <laughs> in contention, which we'll come back to, um, are in fourth place with 50 games played, 71 points. The Coventry Blaze are in fifth with 51 games played, 66 points. Manchester have moved up into sixth with 50 games played and 46 points. The Nottingham Panthers sit in seventh, having a abysmal run and we'll talk about that too uh 50 games played 42 points and glasgow clan currently are sitting with the last playoff spot in eighth place with 52 games played 35 points five flyers sit in ninth with 30 51 32 and dundee are at the bottom with 10 uh 50 games played and 29 points dundee have a tough one this weekend um um because they are coming up against the uh, sitting second place guildford flames who are going up to dundee to play on a double header i believe this coming weekend or is dundee down in guildford playing a double header either way it's a double header for guildford and dundee um dave i've tried to work it out i've tried to be doing my best rain man impersonation today and i've wrote down my notes um because i've tried to work out the maths behind it all because i'm kind of like how does it work for you know so we have technically two weekends left um and if i've got it correctly guildford needs to drop one out of three in regulation and belfast win two 
So there's 52 games, play, 52 games, 82 points, maximum of 86 points. Guildford, 52 games, 78 points, maximum of 82 points. Uh, basically, I think if I've worked out correctly, basically Guildford, we, the Belfast Giants need to build, beat Guildford and one other team in the last four in order to take the league. So with that in mind, if it's one other team and Guildford that we need to beat, what are your think? What's your thoughts? I mean, Guildford, I'm not saying Guildford have an easy one this weekend because, you know, we know you can't go in. My personal, yeah, we've seen that, um, you know, we've seen that two weekends in the trot. You know, you can, you can never count a team out. Was the Blaze beat us in the second game and then Cardiff beat us in the second game. Not, you know, two very strong teams, but it's, uh, it shows you what a double header can do. Um, But the, one thing I do love about this season um, compared to a few others that the Giants have had is that it's completely in the to the Giants' destiny. They can It's up to them. They win the games. They win the league. So they don't have to rely on magical results and other people beating other people. Um, if we, the Giants take it each game as it comes and just gets, you know, put the hard work in, win the games, then they'll win the league. Um, not saying it's going to be it's not, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, but it's um, it's better to have it that way than having to rely on another team. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting. We know we're going into another tough weekend. Um, we've got Sheffield on Friday and then Manchester on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manchester this season have been um, just one of them teams that just they have a fantastic netminder. Um, and Jeremy Jeremy Bruder, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and have the ability to score. Um, so you know, on a good night, you know we know they can do it. They did it. They'll think earlier in the season. So um, we've got those two games. Can't look past them. Need to get the work done in them ones. And then if it comes down to the Guildford game, it'll be the, in my opinion, the best way to win. It. You're you're going up against the. Um, two of the best teams in the league, and decided out on the on the night. And I and I think you're right. Um, I, I I kind of you know I was trying to figure out you know if it's obviously two wins, <clears throat> you know if the Giants win this weekend, both both games this weekend, as well as um, Guildford both win this weekend. No matter what, it's going to come down to that game against Guildford. Um, <laughs> in belfast next and next week um so obviously the week of our non-recording week um so but as i say by the time we come back to our next recording the league will have already been decided we'll know who the league champions are at that point and actually we'll be heading towards that playoff game um but it's interesting because as you say i mean it's it's it, it'd be good to kind of have that that's going to be a, an intense game that final game of the season that final game and it's not the final game of the season but it's the final game in Belfast, shall we say, and that's the final game between Guildford and Belfast. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one if it is going to come down to that game. Um, I, 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 I think it's going to come down to that game, and I think by the end of that game next Saturday, um, we will have a. We, we, I think we'll be crowning the champions on that on that day. I don't think we'll be waiting to that last game of the season on the Sunday. Um, I know John, um, who's listening, I'm sure. Uh, I know John was fingers crossed was hoping for it to happen in Dundee because he was like I'm getting tickets I'm gonna go to Dundee um but I I just I'm hoping touch wood um my desk is wooden I suppose um I'm just hoping that the the, the Giants are able to kind of pull out of the bag and and do the do the business that they need to do and 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 take it against Guildford um on that Saturday um because that last game 
of the season if it was come down to that Sunday that will be an intense intense stress game. but um yeah it's, it's gonna be an interesting um final two weeks um and we are moving towards that pretty quickly um given the fact we are now on Thursday and as of listening to this podcast if you've downloaded it, um in your pod if you've downloaded from your podcast provider of choice this morning it will be it's Friday and there's a game it's a game night for Belfast um so we'll see it'll be against Sheffield Steelers so it'll be an interesting one Mm-hmm. Um, just having a quick look, um, we joked around um, there about the Cardiff Devils. Um, there was a, I think it was their their GM this past week or their coach um, this past weekend after um, their win um, against the Belfast Giants on Sunday past um, said that they were mathematically still in the running and in, in contention for the league. Um, theoretically. Theoretically. I don't know, uh, um, but the woes don't. Uh, the, bo- the I suppose the biggest woes that are currently happening um, across the league, um, and it's, it's worth mentioning, and it'd be it'd be silly not to, is uh, down there in the East Midlands, uh, wh- where we will be heading t- for the playoffs in Nottingham, um, Nottingham Panthers. Dave, I mean, what is like what has happened their season this year? <laughs> I mean, it has imploded, and this past has. week has just been. Really I think. Has. I think they had a game as well. Was it last night or the night before? It was the midweek game anyway. Poorly, att- poorly attended. And we've seen the photographs of the attendance figures. It was low. And they were booed off. I think it was another 5-0 or something. It was someone... 5-1. Against Dundee, was that? Was that one Dundee? Yeah, or, yeah. It's Dundee. And it's just the... In my opinion, that's just sort of the icing on the cake. It's It's been so bad for Corey in the last... I don't know, half a season he's been here. So it hasn't, he hasn't been able to get um, what he needs out of the players. Um, and he is just struggling to get something to click. Um, he was the way he was, he, when you see his interviews, he just looks beaten. Yeah. Um, and he, at the minute, I, I think he would just want, he just wants to be able to see 60 minutes from his team. A sixty-minute performance from from all his guys. Um, he, I don't think he would really care about the results, but I just don't think he's getting it. Um, you get um, runs of like they're they're getting the shots on net, they're just not converting, um, and then they're poor um, in defence when there's a breakaway. They'll make a make a mistake, and then it'll be it'll be buried, um, and that's exactly what happens. In uh, in Nottingham um, on Wednesday, they just I, didn't didn't have have what it takes to weather the storm. No, um, and it's just, I mean, it's just going to go worse from worse. I mean, if you look at the, if you if you consider just how they're playing at this time and and the difficulty that they're having them in in, in Nottingham, you know, uh, I think there's a bit of uh, there was a, a thing put out this week about. Um, you know whether or not the team has switched off completely from Corey, and and whether or not like the team has just completely just like you know just kind of given up kind of thing. They still have they're still in playoff contention. They still have a chance to win a trophy at the end of the season in the playoffs. Yep. Now, granted, if the league finishes in the same way that it's currently standing as it is today, um, the Nottingham Panthers will come up against the Guildford Flames in that playoff uh, semi final game, the playoff sorry quarter final game, uh, that playoff knockout. Um, games like obviously um that'll happen yeah. not last week the following week um i mean nottingham coming up against guildford i mean do we yeah. see do we see nottingham panthers this year at the at the at the big weekend i don't it's going to be well, whoever they come up against 
uh, in that top four, it's going to be such an uphill uh, challenge. Um, I, you never want to count Nottingham out. We've seen that. What was it? They, was it they put us? Was it the Challenge Cup or was it the playoffs? They put us out with a seven. We went down with a seven-one lead or something, and then mm-hmm. they came back and and beat us. So you know, you never you never want to count them out, but they're not in a good way. No. Um, and unless they start stringing the last four games, if they get a bit of form in these last four games, if we if they continue to the form they're on, they could be going in uh, with another four losses, and they're not, they're not going to win a, a knockout game after that. Nope. Um, nope. It, you couldn't get yourself G'd up to win that. Like. Um, the Nottingham Panthers have announced today, though, for uh, um, all their fans that it's going to be the first the, the their game on the first of uh, April, which is the last home game, I believe, of the season for them. Is fan appreciation night? So oh, um, April Fool's Day, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gonna come out wearing Steelers jerseys. <laughs> possibly possibly you never know um okay um i think that's us for the for the the elite league for now we will obviously come back to it um before the end of the episode um and obviously in period one um so what we'll do is we'll switch our attention across the water to the nhl as well um especially interesting in that i think i read today that there is four weeks roughly left of the nhl play uh, nhl regular season as well um so we have i think Sorry, yep. The business business ends. Um, I think was it fifty something ga- fifty something days left officially. So it's just over a month and a half um, left, oh. but it's just over four four and a bit weeks. Um, so as it, things currently stand, uh, there is one team who has already made the playoffs, which no surprise we will talk about in a minute um but i'm sure you can guess because we talked about them in the previous episodes uh but looking at the eastern side of the country and the metropolitan division carolina sit top with 69 games played at 100 points the new jersey devils sit in second with 71 games played at 80, 98 points and the new new york rangers are sitting in third with 71 games played at 92 points boston uh switching over to the atlantic division then boston have clinched their playoff spot already um we talked about it me and john talked about it last week uh boston had a phenomenal run this season i think it was uh, the quickest team to over 100 points in a, in a single season i think it's a record that they broke this year uh with 70 games played on 113 points uh toronto are in second with 70 games played at 93 points and tampa bay are in third with 72 games played at 90 points wild card spots currently held by the new york islanders and the pittsburgh penguins um florida are on hot on the heels though of pittsburgh and new york islanders so there's still a bit of play to go there for that last those that last wild card spot um just on that side of the country uh switching our attention then to the western side in the central division Dallas are sitting top uh, with 71 games played and 90 points. Minnesota are also on 71 games played and 90 points in second. And third are Colorado with 70 games played and 88 points. In the Pacific Division then, Vegas sit top still with 71 games played and 94 points. Los, Los Angeles uh, Kings are in 70, are second with 71 games played and 92 points. And Edmonton are in third, um, knocking Seattle out for the first time this season, uh, having played 72 games played two games and 90 points Seattle have took a bit of a slump and have moved down into the wild card spot uh, with 70 games played 85 points followed by Winnipeg in second with 72 games played 83 points um Dave um we've talked about before and we always talk about you know obviously that this side of the country in terms of you know the how tight things are especially like that central division and everything else 
uh, you know, we're, we're heading we're heading to a point though where we're kind of looking and there's starting to become a bit of a gap between those wildcard spots and the, and the, and the the central teams, the top three central teams. I mean. Yeah. And it's not obviously it's not a foregone conclusion because obviously there's no play there's only one team that is clenched the playoff spot but um i mean you know if we look at the wild card spots seattle and winnipeg holding that 85 and 83 points and then the next person next team down is 79 points calgary of course significant things can change in the, in the space of the next four weeks but uh what, what's your what's your take it's going to be tough for any uh, any of those teams that are currently not uh, in that contention um it does feel to me that it's going to be one of those three, you know, Seattle, Winnipeg, or Calgary, are going to be one of the ones to take that um, those wild card spots. Mainly just to do with the the current running forms. Um, I think Nashville's sort of taken their foot off the gas a bit and had a few few wobbles. Um, they're um, starting to get outscored. Um, you know, they're they're they're, they're uh, the goal average is starting to go, starting to drift, and they're starting to move into the minuses, which is never, never a good sign. Um, I always like to see the the Preds in the the um, in the playoffs. Um, maybe they'll change it around, and you have a few extra games in hand, which which might make the difference on on them. Um, I'm super glad, obviously, to see the Wild um, up where they are, um, and are in probably in better form than um, anybody else in the central division um, even considering their injury woes um, they've been a few key players out injured uh, Kippersoft for example obviously our top goal scorer is currently uh, sidelined with a lower body injury and probably won't be back until playoffs um, but we're finding um, you know goal, goal scoring ability throughout our lines at the minute which is great um, and hopefully that can continue into the playoffs um, it's nice to go in with the obviously the top seed, um, but as long as you're not in the wild card spot. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, and if we look at the the league in general, um, especially coming towards the end of the season, obviously we've got the four we've got the four we've got four teams at the moment battling for the wooden spoon, and I guess that that draft uh, positioning, um, Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, and Columbus, um, you know, quite a big gap there between. You know, Anaheim and Montreal is the next team up. Um, Anaheim on a minus 104 differential. I mean, it's just, you know, it is a, a case of who's going to become, who's, who's going to get the wooden spoon and who's going to who's gonna get that, 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 that peak draft spot. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes to, even though it's like at the end of the season for them pretty much. But uh, yeah, all time will tell. And, and when we come to our next recording in two weeks time, we will literally be towards the end of, of yeah, that. Two weeks that, to go. Yeah. Almost. And that's see it. a lot more X's on the the table at that stage. I'd say um, so. I would say. I'd say. Um, I would hazard a guess that uh, by the time we come back to our next podcast recording, um, I would hazard a guess we'll see an X beside Carolina. Uh, def yeah. definite. Oh yeah, um, but there are hundred and yeah, hundred points. Hundred points. I'd say we'll have yeah. them on there, and I'd say probably New Jersey. I would say we'll see an X maybe beside them too. Yeah, yeah. Just demon see that Carolina's doing really well. Little game games in hand as well. Yeah. Sorry, I was drinking there. So, um, <laughs> with that, we will um, we will we'll finish off um, our roundup of the la- uh, standings and the league tables. And what we'll do then is we'll get stuck straight in to our period one of hockey.
Okay, period one is a roundup of news stories from around the UK. Um, we have a couple of stories um, going around uh, that we want to have a bit of a chat about, Dave. Um, and I know the first one to just to kind of maybe have a, have a brief chat about just first off, um, just because it's an interesting one. Um, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. And I wanted to see if you had done it was the this past about uh, last week, the uh, elite, uh, the via play elite ice hockey, um, the elite league. Sorry. Viaplay Elite League um, put out a statement <laughs> or put out a uh, a link um, for a fan, the first ever fa- Elite League fan survey, which was launched on last mon- Monday past. Um, I, can't, I, I don't know really the exact date. Um, the survey is open until this coming weekend, the 26th of March. So if you haven't filled in the survey, it's worth uh, filling it in. If you want to answer some really random questions, um, more importantly, it's because there's stuff being given away. So if you if you do it, I think each of the teams are given away. I think you're entered into a competition, but also the Elite League event, you're entered into a competition, so you have a chance to win two different prizes. That's the main reason you want to do it. But the questions are a bit interesting. So over, um, I suppose the first thing we should mention is, though, that over 4,000 people had responded to the survey on the first day that the survey was launched, which the Elite League has stated, put a statement out the next day and said, uh, when the survey was published, the survey had over 1,000 submissions within the first hour, and the response rate since has started to, has just climbed and climbed leaving a total of 4,000 at the end of the first day this has blown R and PWC's estimates out of the water for just a single afternoon so they probably weren't expecting to get as many responses as they did at that point um, so the first question I'm going to ask Dave is did you do the survey? no okay that's fine let me explain the survey to you uh, and some bits of the survey i did the survey and um, on that afternoon so i'm one of those 1000 people who submitted no one of the 4000 people who submitted on the first day um and i i find it an, an interesting experience um in that it was you know it was live updating news just so you know now over 6500 people have completed the survey there you go, there you go. was that just the day put out today did they yeah. there you go um so that's that's significantly oh, i suppose that's a good enough number um that's probably a fan beat that's probably you know equal to one well i suppose it's a good number i suppose it's a high number for any kind of um survey i guess um but i suppose it was interesting in that the questions that were being asked um are kind of like you know you had your standard survey questions you know like you know you know kind of like you know like where what team do you support and blah blah blah, and how long have you followed and all that kind of stuff and then it had questions around like your spending habits your buying habits your amount of money you get you bring in each month um you know if um do you would you buy products that the team you know are sponsored by and promote and blah, blah 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 and it was yeah it was okay it was it was interesting like what kind of car do you drive you know it was really random things that they're asking obviously the usual consumer questions they're asking obviously the idea is probably so they can try to tailor the ad revenue so it's the right kind of ads that they're maybe t- catering towards their their fans what i did find a bit strange is so for a fan survey i think what a lot of fans were hoping for was maybe just kind of downplayed a lot in this survey um i think fans whenever the survey was kind of put out i think fans were looking for looking maybe the opportunity to kind of give feedback as much as possible on different aspects and while there was an aspect of you know feedback around what your thoughts were on on the product and everything it was very little there was like one question around um how can we improve the elite league I let loose. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I was like, 
keyboard warrior just like boom 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 typing in there um everything from um you know transparency with we talked about it before you know transparency with fines uh transparency in general with communications uh talked about um the high you know ownership of teams and also being the owners of the league kind of kind of doesn't really work very well in terms of like there doesn't seem to be quite you know a lot of different things and i also talked about things like the refereeing and how bad refereeing is and it should be looked at and how inconsistent the dopses and blah 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 all the usual stuff um i put it into the box even if that wasn't really where i was supposed to put it i still put it in anyway um and then they did ask a question around you know like your 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 own home team and and you know what could improve nighttime or like you know your your experience night your night your experience at the games and stuff so from that point of view it was okay but i just felt i don't know if anybody else like you know let us know what you thought i mean it just felt a bit didn't feel much i i know one of the things i did suggest um which would be nice to see and i know maybe the reason why it stopped was because of covid and they just didn't bring it back was playoff weekend they used to have a fan forum a playoff weekend Yes. where they used to invite long fans and uh, and you could go along and, and you could kind of ask questions to the GMs and stuff and, and kind of get a bit more of an insight in what was going on. And I know it was limited numbers wise to each, like so each fan base only had a certain, each team had only had a certain number of fans could attend it or whatever. Um, but it, I would like to see that back again. Um, and oh, I think I, I put that down as one of the suggestions as well um, about trying to improve things. Um, I did put in some suggestions around what I thought things could be improved. So I didn't just complain about it. I put in some suggestions around how you could improve certain things. So hopefully my uh, keyboard warriorism. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, the league, they need the input from the fans, but they want it. The reason they've done it like this is, and um, that's because PwC is helping them. Um, it's the, sort of tailor the responses in a way that they can use them. Um, and that's why they won't have wanted a lot of free text um, because it's hard to, especially if you get 6,000 um, with, with pure text. Uh, uh, whenever, now, there should be somebody that reads all of these. Um, it's just the way it is. There should be. Um, and PwC will be obviously pushing them to do that. But the they will... Anybody who falls in the middle of the road in the survey will probably be ignored. Um, and they'll look at the extremes um, and look at the guy, people who love it and look at the people who hate it. Um, and then they'll make, they'll use that information to make changes. Um, it is good they're doing it, but I do think an actual public forum, um, because our biggest issue with the league now is that, as you said, that transparency. It got really transparent before COVID mm-hmm. um, with the changes in the DOPS um, and the whenever Kelman was taking a more front, uh, you know, front seat uh, spokesperson role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then post-COVID, a lot of that's rolled away. Um, the league is back to just this um the old country club mentality you know it's the mem- the members of the league are the ones that run it you know same as in a country club or the golf club you know the members of the club run it, you know and yes that's fine but what we should be looking for is looking towards a chairman for the league someone to run the league um and trying to improve it now there's always that argument with who's going to pay for it um but Playoff weekend brings in a chunk of change. Um, 
if we could, if we, you know, if you look at it from a um, <clears throat> overall standpoint, if there's bound to be ways to to do it. May it be um, looking at. Um, I don't know we're going to talk about it in period two, but the jersey deals, finding a single vendor. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I and I think you're right. I think the the thing of like who will pay for it and where will that come from? I mean, my 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 maybe I'm completely wrong, but my my understanding I always thought would be that each team would have to pay a certain amount of fee, kind of not like the same way that NHL does, but like you know there would have to be some kind of like fee each year for the team to still be able to play within that league. So if the money goes towards a fee towards like you know I, we want to play in this league, so therefore here's our money for our fee for this year. Um, you would imagine you would like to think that some of that fee money or whatever it would be would would be able to go towards. I know they probably used then to pay like referees and blah 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 blah. But you kind of think you know well then maybe you should be thinking about an aspect of as you say there needs to be a bit more. I, I as you said it it does feel like it's like a boys club kind of like you know yeah. there's a certain certain play, certain certain key members of certain key GMs maybe have a bit more power than others. Um, and I think we've seen that in, in previous you know in terms of like you know after certain GM meetings where you maybe hear some of the you know the the maybe the, the less the non-arena teams shall we say um you know kind of not being a bit more vocal about some of the decisions that are made but you know you've had things that in the past where you've had like teams saying like you know well this decision's being made and we don't really agree with this with this decision but like you know here we to you know we don't have the power to change that yeah. because and, that, and that's one thing that they lost whenever edinburgh fell away whenever um edinburgh was still there um the Scottish teams had the ability to um, sort of combine their votes. Yeah, and I know it's only four, but that's you know you're not kicking the arse off half the league there. Whenever Edinburgh was still there, um, and then now obviously it's not quite the same. But the it's it is a tough spot whenever everybody just has one vote, and especially when the obviously all taking the Giants in this too the bigger teams will want things that are more expensive <laughs> that makes sense you know yeah um you know looking at import levels and um they're looking at the number of games and the higher number of games obviously makes more money for them but it means more travel mm-hmm. for some of the smaller clubs you know so um but yeah it's always gonna be tough but the to me in this day and age why are those um company meetings at the end of the day, it's a company why aren't the company minutes public yeah, I would agree. One hundred percent. Yeah, the um, and you know, unless there's something to hide, you know. And and I I agree. I think that and again, it comes back to the whole transparency thing again. Um, it'd be interesting to see. You know, it'd be you know that I think I think I, if I'm right in saying I think whenever we were joking around about it on our group chat about like did anybody do it or whatever, I think John responded and said, "Oh, I did it too." And then I said about you know transparency, and he was like, "That was the exact word he used. That was the buzzword he, buzzword he used." I was wondering if like you know I don't know what they're called, but you know those like. Um, I'm sure PwC has some way of like collating all of the written information there, and then each yeah, like any words, a, the words that are used the most regularly, uh, know, the mind map. Obviously. Yes, they become bigger and bigger and bigger. You know those kind of things. Um, so I don't know if maybe that will happen. Like maybe transparency will be the big one that'll that'll appear out of nowhere. There, yeah, there's definitely been a, a backward step when it comes to that stuff. Um, you know, it's it, and it's not even a huge backward step, especially when it comes to things like fines. You know, they're starting to bring in the fines. They they hadn't been using them for a very long time, but all it takes is an extra couple of lines. Yeah. You know, how much and where's it going? Yeah. 
Um, so if uh, if you haven't done so yet, Dave, you're included in this, and um, I know you haven't done it. But if you haven't done so yet, and you feel in, uh, you feel uh, in any way like you would like to um, to take part in uh, take part in the survey, uh, does, it, does it ask you? Does it not ask you what your favorite uh, hockey related uh, social media is? No, no. <laughs> no. no, it doesn't. Um, no, nothing like that. It just, it just, yeah. Um, it does say it does things that it does have things like you know do you listen to you know or do you watch the webcast blah 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 but it doesn't have anything no it doesn't otherwise you know clearly it's not for your, no for your for your non non team specific league wide multinational podcast yeah no, no but unfortunately not <laughs> no um, what will be interesting to see is um, if if they do decide if the information that is cleared together. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they use this information, but also how they communicate what they have found and if they yeah. will communicate what they have found from this survey. It'll be interesting to see what they do come out with, um, if if anything. Um, it's the Elite League, so probably, maybe not. They'll just keep it guarded and be like, <laughs> we'll hold on to this and we'll just keep it to ourselves. Um, precious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't yeah. know if maybe that's what, that's why we'll go with it, um, but we'll see. We will see. Um, okay. Um, let's move on to our next story. Um, and this story, it, it's an important story to talk about, Dave. Um, mainly because I think since this story has came out and since a bit more information has, has, has kind of came to light about the situation and about what happened in the incident, um, I think a lot of this past weekend um, as, as well, um, there's been a lot of, I suppose, inappropriate comments is the best way to put it on social media, on Elite League social media. Um, and it's twice in one twice in the space of two weeks where we've heard um comments being made which just are not helpful in this day and age and also just like it's just ignorant as well um so for anyone who doesn't know where have you been if you're if you're if elite league fan um i don't know how you missed this one but um as you'd be aware the belfast giants took on the sheffield Steelers in sheffield um and there was an incident that happened in the arena um during the third period or at the, right at the tail end of the game um uh, during that that during during the end of the game uh, the Belfast Giants scored the fourth goal and uh, as Conway was celebrating um, and as the, as the team were finishing up a member a young man a member of the, the fan a member of the crowd um, got a bit agitated and threw a clipboard onto the ice or towards the players and the referees um, as part of that obviously the emotions do run high and um, we understand that um, the young man himself who was involved with the issue um, the team this team had spoke to the family and they had no alternative but to suspend the young man from the rest of the games for the remainder of the season now what did come to light afterwards was that the young man in question who was involved with his altercation um had a learning disability um he had um as far as i'm aware and i'm and i don't think i'm speaking out of out of out of, out of turn in this way i think um the young man has autism and yeah, it, i think, well, think it was confirmed yeah it's um, confirmed. In, a, in a post by the family i think yeah um so the young man had autism um and just got you know i think you know <sighs> just got you know everything maybe just kind of built up yeah. on him and he just got frustrated and and dave i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend i'm in anywhere near next because i know you're maybe more of an expert than i am you know and i i, I you know you know more more about you know autism and about the spectrum and, and everything else than i do um but you know we obviously had that issue where we had a play we had teams and we had players then say oh conway shouldn't have done it because um he should even be able to tell the young man had autism and that was the first comment that was made. It was like, well, how would how would he know? Oh, he looks autistic. Um, well, how do you know that? And then the following weekend, this past weekend, 
there was another comment of a similar nature made um uh, about one of the players and and again just using real derogatory terms so dave i suppose my question with you was just like i don't want to put you on the spot or anything but like you know yeah, no it's fine obviously i've been thinking about it whenever i see it it, it could be difficult um as the our listeners may or may not know both my boys are have asd and lie on the, the autism spectrum um they have very they're very different boys but um i would doubt anyone would ever say i hope they would never say they look like they have autism um it's a very old world view on it um autism has changed significantly in its definition over the years um it's you know can affect people in, in myriad of different ways but one thing that you did get right on the hit the nail on the head there was that it can be like a bubbling up of emotion and stimulus that can reach a boiling point. Um, and it, it means that, that some people with ASD can struggle um, to, to regulate their own, their own emotions and their temper and they can, you know, become angry. Um, and, it, and it is something that can happen. Um, none of that is up to a player, the interpret. Um, and it's just an unfortunate situation that has arisen. Um, the it sort of comes down to the to the carers or the parents that need to sort of be on top of these things. But at the end of the day, no one was hurt. Um, it, it wasn't acceptable, and the Steelers have done something to to stop it from happening again. the The family will obviously take this as their you know their cue on how they're going to react and how they're going to you know situate it for for further games um and it might be just a matter of them maybe sitting in a different location um and it'll just be it's difficult it can be difficult it's, you know it's bright lights loud noises um emotional um upheaval um but one the big thing that gets me is that it's become a um it's from some fans in the league, the word autism has become, or autistic, has become an insult, um, which is just not on. Um, it's something that is hugely backward yep. um, and has been, uh, the Giants themselves have put a lot of work into, um, you know, trying to dispel that myth um, and that it's a purely a bad thing. Um, but yeah, there's still some people that are very narrow-minded out there. And and I and and I you you know you you kind of mentioned there too. You you were going to where I was going next. Actually, you kind of preluded it there um, for me. Um, you were saying obviously like the Belfast Giants are only are just one team who, you know, we we know that um Adam Keith with the the comments were being directed towards Adam Keith because of his his outburst, um during and you're going for the next thing i was going to say um <laughs> obviously the, the comments were made towards adam keith because of his outburst at the card of devils um the, the second card of devils game in belfast um in which um we we seen a very passionate uh beskarani smash his stick in his helmet and get really agitated over a, pen, a really bad penalty call still in my opinion it was a bad penalty call awful, um, awful call um, and you could see why Adam Keefe reacted in the way he did and Adam reacted in a way of slamming slamming shut the, the, the bench door over and over and over and, and that's where the comment came from Dave I suppose my question is and you, you just pulled out 
exactly what I was about to say next. We know the Belfast My Giants. We know the Belfast Giants who have we know a Keith as as was where I was leading to was we know that Adam Keith is a patron of uh, Autism NI, um, yep. and we know that there's teams um, across the UK. And there's a perfect example of it. If anybody who's not watching the webcast, um, Dave does have a, a charity, um, Autism whole parts jersey um from a number of seasons ago um in which they done a special um a, a night uh, an awareness raising night shall we say yeah, uh, around a, big, uh, a big night it was for the um it's a mainland charity i think it covers all of england um called think autism and it's it's a, a purely awareness uh driven charity rather than just it, they do do um assistance for children with autism and adults with autism but they also do awareness and you know sort of try and help people understand what it is because it has changed a lot um in the last 10 years 15 years um the you know long gone are the days that the autism was only used for people who were non-verbal um a lot of other syndromes that um uh, all now come into one you know um asperger's being a, a big big example it now falls completely under the the same asd spectrum and is generally not diagnosed anymore it's all part of the same same because it's everybody is so different and that, that's the the charity tries to raise awareness for it um and that's why they use the jigsaw um all the autism charities use the jigsaw and it's to do with the fact that everybody's different and they all but we all slot together yep yeah um, and and i and i guess that my my last question before we move on from the topic dave is just like you know obviously we we see that you know the the, the elite league promotes a um you know not a hockey is for all because that's a, an nhl thing and we'll come to that in the nhl in a few minutes but they do promote a pride night equality pride night only you know and it's they, they do they've started obviously moving towards this pride night where we celebrate and we we promote lgbtq and the plus in the community and and, and getting involved with with local you know within hockey you know is there is there maybe something in saying that the elite league maybe could step up next season and do i know we're not we don't want endless um themed nights because i know we get them but you know i, I from my opinion and i don't know what your what your take would be and i'm not saying should I have individual maybe not individual disabilities because it'd be hard to kind of then pick out which disabilities are you know represented we know the belfast giants this past weekend did a promotion a really great promotion on um bsl week um for for um for for, for hard of hearing and deaf um and we've seen the belfast giants doing that um having you know obviously a bsl interpreter a sign language interpreter on the uh, screens in the in the radio and that's been happening this year um but you know obviously we don't want to just pinpoint one specific disability over a wide range of disabilities so yeah. You know, would it be? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it worth? Is it something that maybe that the elite league can maybe decide or maybe think about that maybe they have? You know, I, I would love to night. see them do it. Um, and we do. You do have the the benefit of because autism. It's obviously not just something that it's not just a UK term. Obviously, it's a global term. It's a, it covers a you know the wide range. There is the um, glo uh, global autism awareness day on the 2nd of april um and if you know you have an opportunity there to to link in with a lot of existing things that happen um all around the world um at the same time um i think the 2nd of april i think it's every year 2nd of april um and it could be the last game of the season you know you could 
you could do something. Um, I do think that the uh, the more awareness of of it of it uh, would be amazing. Um, there's an awful lot of charity work that goes on behind the scenes to just facilitate very basic daily needs of specifically children, but also adults going into work. Um, and it would be it would be nice to see um, someone like the Elite League as a league to say something um, and make a you know an awareness and there's other ones that it would be nice for um entire leagues to do you know um you know if they were pick a charity in year and champion um as a, as a league or you know because we don't get that an awful lot people like to shy away and just take the status quo if you know what i mean yeah but you never know Never know. Be an interesting take. Um, even if it's not an individual, an individual basis where they have an individual night for different disabilities. Even if they had like a, a just one night where they celebrate, you know, people of all abilities. Um, from a point of view of like making awareness of all disabilities, and that way each team could decide, you know, if they want to bring in people like t- uh, local charities, whatever it is, and be represented on the night. And you could have like, you know, who are we to decide this? But like, you know, they could have people coming in and and doing just promotions around the arena around the concourse giving out information about different disabilities and stuff i'm doing it from a point of view obviously because i work um and i'm quite passionate about blind and partially sighted people um so i'd love an opportunity to, to kind of have the giants raise awareness of 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 blind and partially sighted people because i've seen this past year alone we have a number of fans in the arena who have who, who are reliant on um you know mobility canes and, and a couple of other bits and pieces and you know just there's no real I would love to just be basically make more awareness of it too, and that there's the people in their fan base that are, that have a number of different disabilities. So, I don't know, maybe it's something to think about, and um, you know, never know. We never know. Um, uh, for anybody who's not watching the webcast, uh, Dave is just zooming in on his dog Zeb, who is just lying in the corner of his room. <laughs> just looks perfect. Just that's the way I feel right now. Um, Dave, I'm going to move on to two more little bits and pieces, two more little bits before we move on. And I don't mean little bits, but I um, just kind of want to just touch upon them. Just uh, I mentioned it um, before uh, we finished off this period of hockey. Um, this past weekend, the both um, the NIHL and the SNL, um, is it the SNL? Yep, Scottish mm-hmm. National League, um, both have, have, have I suppose, um, they're, have crowned their champions of the season. Uh, the Leeds Knights um, have picked up the uh, the title, um, the NIHL national title triumph. Um, they're this past weekend um, winning against the Telford Tigers. Um, that means that they have obviously successfully um, won this the league this season. Um, before we move into their playoff run, obviously, uh, which comes um, it's quick, quickly coming up as well. Um, the playoff run will be starting in the next week or so. Um, they their their playoff weekend for the um the NIHL always takes place. It always seems to be a great show. Uh, it takes place in Coventry, um, I believe, and I believe it's still in Coventry this year too. Um, so if you um are, are inclined and you're in that area, why not go along and uh, see some some more um playoff hockey um and and it's on a separate weekend from Belfast uh, the Belfast <laughs> Elite League uh, playoffs, so uh, get get your tickets for that. Um, looking in Scotland, then, um, and Scottish, the Scot, the SNL have um, obviously crowned their champion in the form of the Aberdeen Lynx, um, having won against the Edinburgh Capitals um, on the Lynx Ice Arena um, this past weekend as well. So that is their 
uh, title. That's the first SNL type trophy, the first title that they have um, won, um, upcoming this, the Scottish National League champions. Um, Dave, you had mentioned yourself that you had actually mentioned that obviously they they played up against the the, the returning, the shall Edward we say, Campbell, Edinburgh yeah. Capitals, um, and the Edinburgh Capitals took second, I believe, this season. Second Is that right? in the league, yeah. It looks like they're. Um, I think that it's. If I'm right in saying, I think it's uh, confirmed, but they were definitely sitting second last time I looked. Um, yep, yep, the second. There you go. Um, so great job to them. Uh, first year back after their um, their hiatus. Yep. Um, and and may I continue? Um, the hockey world was a bit empty without them, in my opinion. Um, I wish we we had ended up doing a lot of away weekends this year and didn't manage to make Edinburgh, but it's definitely on my, my list again. I yeah. love my away trips to Edinburgh. Yeah, there's a there's a few on that list for next season. Definitely a few uh, away trips um, on the list for next season. We'll just see how many we can get to. Um, I know Dave, we talked about it. Um, you know, obviously we're coming towards the end of the season, but we've talked about it. You know, we know which, which ones we need to tick off next season. I have two yep. to still tick off, and I think you have two to tick off still two, as well. Yeah, you have Manchester Guildford, and I have Guildford Dundee. Um, so we'll we'll need to definitely get our get our fingers out and, and go to Guildford uh, next season. Totally. So. Watch this space. Um, okay, <laughs> that is it. I don't have any more stories for period one. Dave, do you have anything? Nothing else, not for me. Great. Well, with that, then we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey. Hello, and uh, welcome to period two of hockey. This is where we'll talk about hockey from the rest of the world. Um, we'll start off with uh, another situation. I don't know a way to put that. Um, with um around the opt out of pride um which is shocking to, to see again um but i'll fire it over to you marty i believe you've got the more details on it yeah um so obviously um dave you weren't here for our last podcast recording um just over two weeks ago um we we obviously were talking at that point um and the reason why i'm pointing at the years because obviously it was, it was the minnesota wild um was the last team to opt out of the the pride weekend um the pride celebrate the pride jersey shall we say and the pride the pride tape and stuff um now what i should say is some players it did turn out some players were using the pride tape as part of that um that pride um celebration weekend or whatever it was but they decided to opt out of the jerseys um we're here another week on or another two weeks on and we've got another story um similar story uh, happening in the in the nhl um and that's in the form of chicago this time the chicago blackhawks uh will not be wearing pride themed jerseys now what's interesting about this one um and what i kind of wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on is that up until this point um teams haven't really been very forthcoming with a lot of information about the reasons why they've made a team decision around um you know not wearing jerseys we heard um well this kind of briefly was mentioned um the first one was obviously in 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 uh against the flyers it was the philadelphia flyers um it was one player decided not to wear the jersey because of political reasons um and we're about to talk about that and that actually would make a bit of sense um we had um another team in new york rangers who didn't really make a comment about reasons why they kind of done it um there was a religious reason was one Put, put in as well and there was also one player this week from another team who said who opted out i think it was a goaltender um for i can't remember who it was but opted out as well this week of wearing the jersey and he just simply said look i am not wearing it because you know i'm a christian believe in the bible and what it says and therefore i'm not going to wear it because it's against my belief but i'm you know supportive of the lgb blah blah, blah. um 
but this t- this time around it was interesting chicago have released this information to say that they were advised by the nhl and advised by um basically not homeland security but advised by powers to be anyway somewhere that the that there was an issue around wearing warm-up jerseys to commemorate LG pride night because of Russian law that expands restrictions on activities such as promoting LGBTQ, um, that there was a security concern involving that law. Russian uh, Vladimir Putin um, signed this in, in December. And there's a real concern around the players who are on the Chicago team who are uh, Moscow native, uh, who are from Moscow, who are Russian natives. Um, and that this is the main reason why they have decided not to go ahead with war in the jerseys um, in order to make sure that there was no um, risk to their player, their Russian player, because of security concerns and security risks of things that were put in place in December. Now, if this is the case, and it seems to be that it's a, a security concern, that there is a real legitimate concern and, and safety fear for Russian players who are in the NHL who will be eventually going back home, possibly, I would imagine, maybe over the off-season don't know what's happening there obviously we know what's going on with russia and ukraine still happening there's still the war going on there so we don't know what the movements are for players during off season but dave i mean if we're if we're looking at this and chicago has come out and said well actually this is the reason why we're doing it is there is there a potential that actually that has been something that's been murmuring the whole time and just this is the first team that's came out and said that there's a a, a real concern that they've been advised that there's a security concern it could very well be um the uh, LGBT, LGBTQ laws in the US and the uh, in Russia, sorry, are um, so draconian. It's it's terrifying. Um, you know, it's not even just that they've banned uh, the sort of homosexual marriages and things. It's like the nineteen sixties Britain, where the actual act of being homosexual is illegal. Um, and that the, but they're building on that, and they've been building on it for a few years. Where they've been looking at um, the sort of um, the actually supporting people um, who are LGBTQ is also um, illegal, or maybe construed as illegal by some officials in 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 Russia. Um, it's one of the reasons um, the um, they were going to pull the Olymp- the Winter Olympics from Sochi. Um, um, was it three Olympics ago? Um, and it's it's been something that's been ongoing for a very very long time. Um, it's one of the the many issues that uh, Russia currently has. Um, I know that a lot of the players, especially younger players. Uh, struggled to get out of Russia, having to um, sidestep travel bans and um, uh, Krill Kiparov from the Minnesota Wild had to um, travel to Dubai to get, he basically had to get a visa to Dubai and then fly from Dubai to the US um, just to get out of Russia because um, he's of a, of a certain age. Um, and as I don't know if he's done his national service, mm. um, and that's what they're obviously a lot of these players will have managed to sidestep their national insurance. May it be with university contracts or 
um, you know, sponsorship deals with the, the USSR um, or the USSR, Jesus, uh, <laughs> Russia. Um, but it will be. It, it, it's hard to say because the the country is so um, Russia is so tight lipped and holds back a lot of um, clarity on any of these things. But I wouldn't put it past them. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, and it would put a lot of players in a very difficult situation, uh, especially ones who are still, um, you know, not even just R- Russian natives, but are like they've entire families out there, and it's not just them they're they're worried about; it's their their wider family. What is interesting, um, the, what, what we should note is that um, while Chicago have cited the political reasons and safety concerns and security concerns around whether or not the players will be safe in terms of the obviously the decisions that have been made in Russia and laws have been signed off there, what is interesting to see is the Florida Panthers um, are still planning to go ahead and move forward with their planned um, Pride Night tonight. Um, so they're still going ahead tonight with their Pride Night. Um, and they do have, their goaltender is Russian, um, Sergei Bob, Bobrovsky. Um, and they are planning to still do the jerseys tonight. Um, Panthers did come out today and they did put out a statement to say, as an organization, we've decided, and rightfully so, to move forward with it and support it and celebrate it. Uh, teams around the league and players around the league, they've got the right to their own opinion and we've got the right to ours. We will still continue to put on our pride night as planned so they're still moving ahead with it um obviously we we know previously as we've already mentioned you know we've had the san jose sharks um goalie james reamer we had the philadelphia flyers defenseman who's obviously russian as well provorov um they refused to wear the warm jerseys but they both cited religious beliefs at the time so it's unsure it's unknown um whether or not it's actually it was actually because of the russian law and actually they just didn't kind of he didn't want to rock the boat as well so it'd be interesting to see where that's going to go um but um definitely there's a few more pride nights to happen this season um i know that they're obviously the one to, there's the one tonight which is still supposedly going ahead um but we do have a few more um to have to happen before the end of this season um is done um and i think uh, if i remember if buffalo sabers and the vancouver canucks are the last two uh, which are upcoming over the next two weekends um so we'll see how things pan out there to see if any more teams um are actually um, taking part. What was interesting though to see this week as well was that the the NHL's f- first openly um, openly out um, gay player um, did come out and say that he was dismayed by everything that has happened this year, um, and he f- he f- he feels very despondent in the fact that the NHL hasn't actually made an official statement about what should be happening, um, and he's calling for um, decisions to be made for next season so that there's a clear understanding and a clear guidance from the NHL in relation to what is happening, so that all teams will follow the same kind of protocol um, moving forward, which is understandable, I guess, um, especially coming from someone who's within that community who 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 is is a member of of that community, so. Um, I'm sure this is just another story that's going to keep rumbling on, especially in, um, during the off season when we find out more about what what the plan is for the uh, hockey is for everyone as it moves as it moves on to see how they're going to kind of, I guess how it's going to evolve over the off season to try to create something more out of it. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Um, Dave, are you happy enough? I move on to my next story. Yes, go ahead. Um, so the next story I'm going to go up, come up with. Um, I'm going to go to the next serious one, um, if that's okay, Dave. And I know um, you've seen this story and you're aware of this story, and I, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, it's in here rather than in the. I think John had put it in to the running order, and I was kind of when I was looking at the running order, or I was trying to decide, did this story belong in period two or period three? But I think it's okay to keep it here. 
so the story it's a very serious story that um came out um just over a week ago or i think it was last weekend um carson breer um name may not be sound too familiar but i'm sure the surname does for any nhl fan um he's the son of flyers gm danny breer um he was caught um this past weekend or the weekend before launching a, dum- a double amputee's empty wheelchair down a flight of stairs at a bar um the the video there's a video out there there's a video showing he's a a nice he's a Carson is currently playing for the uh, Mercyhurst men's hockey play hockey team um so he's playing in the in it, I suppose you can call it a college level at this time um and there is a criminal investigation I think happening and the charges were being filed um after what was seen on the video was um himself and his friend uh, lacrosse player uh, were seen in the video basically standing at the top of the stairs of this bar um chatting away whatever it was chatting to people coming up the stairs and as as whenever they're on their own at the top of the stairs and before they finish up their conversation just as they finish their conversation you can see carson lifting the chair pretty much and just kind of throwing it down the stairs um causing some significant damage um to the wheelchair um and obviously then the chair itself um completely damaged and the 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 Sydney, who is the, the the young lady who is in need of the wheelchair, um, just uh, I mean, devastated. Um, she kind of said that she didn't want to keep any money that was donated to her for a new chair, um, and she wanted to give it away to those who really needed the money. But a significant amount of money, when you think about the wheelchair, that the damage that was caused to it, especially with the fact that what was needed. I mean, what's your take on this? I mean, it's 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 shocking. We talked about it briefly uh, on last week, last Friday. Yep, with the game, yep. Um, and I was sitting, God, geez, it's a weird thing to do. And then you watch the video, and it's it's re- it's really weird. It's really strange. Like, he um, he sits in the chair and all beforehand, um, before pushing it down. And and the, you can see, like, everybody's walking away, and then he just sort of decides to push it. It's yep. just like, what the heck are you doing? Um, and you know the 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 most harrowing thing is that it's not like um, she had just left the chair there. The reason the chair was there was that she had to be lifted down to the bathroom, um, and ha- there was nowhere else to leave the chair. It's not like she just you know randomly left. She can't you know she double amputation. Not you know just leaving her chair. So she, there was people who were helping her to go to the bathroom. You know, friends or in Good Samaritans or whatever. For her to come back out to find out that her lifeline was, you know, destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, it's shocking um, and a real bad uh, lapse in judgment for somebody who probably had um, a substantial career in hockey ahead of him. But this isn't the first time he's came into trouble. Um, he was um, now I can't get the exact reason why, but due to misconduct, he had been kicked out of Arizona State um, and expelled from their hockey team. Um, you know, so there's a number of lapses in judgment here um, that he has has caused, um, you know, once, once as an accident and twice as a, a habit. Um, and, you know, is there something more underlying that needs to be, you know, does he need to maybe talk about something? You know, does he need to uh, find a way to... Uh, find obviously the ice hockey is not his outlet for his emotional issue. Um, 
you know, is he uh, need to, you know, find a, um, another way to vent. Um, here's hoping he um, doesn't do anything like this again. Yep. Um, it is it is crazy, um, and I don't know what goes through someone's brain to do that. No. Nope. Um, and it's one thing us like obviously it be crazy somebody doing that anywhere, but at least we have um, a healthcare system that makes it easy for you, easier, make it easy, makes it easier than um, you know the, the chairs are never cheap. They're tailored to your individual needs, yep. and that's doctor's time and physio's time, and just adds up and adds up and adds up. Um, it's just absolutely crazy that someone would just see um, some other person's property, um, yep. something as vital as a chair, and just, uh, wheelchair, and just push it down. Push down. It's awesome. just crazy. It's crazy. It is, as you say. Uh, it's just beyond yeah. belief. Obviously, his reaction um, yeah. and what he decided to do, him and, and his friend, I should say, and it just it wasn't just him on his own; it was his friend as well. But obviously, he's the one that was seen physically lifting it or physically pushing the chair and actually physically doing the damage to it. Um, it's it, and I think it's very big of the fact that you know Sydney, who is the, the the young lady who obviously was at the at the you know who was on the receiving end of of losing that lifeline, as you call it, um, Dave. You know the fact that she has said, "Look, I don't want that money that you're trying to put together to put you know that you're donating towards me." Um, and there was a call somewhere that I'd seen this week as well, where um, and she, again she came out and said, "Well, it's not." Why would it be their responsibility? There was a call that was put out um straight away after the incident happened. Um, there was a shout. There was a, a fans on Twitter, um, were just of NHL. Were just kind of like you know, oh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers should be paying for the for the for the replacement of this chair. And she was right. Sydney was right in what she said. Sydney was like, well, why would it be? a team in the NHL's responsibility to pay for my chair whenever it had nothing to do with them. And I, I see where she's coming from um, because, you know, obviously um, I agree, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for, you know, that would be, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, but um, it was worth mentioning, as you say, um, you know, stupid young, you know, you'd look past if it was maybe one incident, but the fact that, you know, he has, there's a, there's a repeat kind of shall we say there's definitely something that needs to be looked at there um, and we hope as you say that this young man gets the help and support thing, that he needs best thing that's came out of this obviously see, seeing him getting you know, was just desserts and all that just he's banned from the bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least there was something came out of it um okay um we have one last story um in this period which seems to be the story that has just completely blowing uh just blown up the internet like blown up social media for especially uh hockey social media oh yeah um the nhl announced this week that as of the 2024 2025 season that the nhl the nhl will replace adidas branded hockey um consumer ice uniforms on ice and also uh authentic retail jerseys so the ones that you would buy on a store so they're replacing the adidas jerseys with fanatics jerseys um now if people out there are thinking to themselves well why are people worried about fanatics why, why people they don't understand fanatics um shall we say have a a history um of of just really shoddy poor quality product um, um yeah i have a couple do any in here i do too somewhere um, um i really I like my my fanatics replica jersey which i think is here 
no, it's not. Um, it's really nice. It's gorgeous. And now it's uncrested, no number. It's just the standard jersey. Um, it's lovely and it's brilliant. Um, it was a pretty penny, to be fair. Uh, but I also got a long sleeve sort of jersey-like jumper. Yep. It has the ties and whatnot. But it has a, a printed logo. And after two washes, all starting to peel. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, and it's and you're going, mm-hmm. it wasn't cheap because obviously buying them from the US never is. Um, so they're hit and miss. But I heard some horror stories about people buying, because of this has exploded on social media, people buying um, crested jerseys with you know, names and numbers and getting you know the wrong name or the wrong number or, you know, um, misspelled names, you know, things like that there. So if you're buying it, for example, as a gift yeah, and you don't know who the player is, you know, and it comes like my wife, for example, buying me a, uh, a jersey, she's not going to know how the, the players spell their names. Um, and she's going to hand them in on the day. I get it. I'm going to go, hmm. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Flurby? You know? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I have to write that down. That's pretty good. Um, they, um, um, they, I suppose the big thing about it is that the deal that they put in place, this is a Fanatics deal, which is a 10-year agreement, which is set to run through until the 2033-34 campaign. Um I suppose the big thing, I suppose one of the big concerns, and you, you've you said it exactly that, Dave, you know, there has been previous history of just, you know, botched quality product. Um, I think a lot of people are angry and annoyed because I think, you know, Fanatics as, a, as an organization has had previous, you know, history. Um, and I think the, the big thing about it is the lack of quality and authenticity about the jerseys themselves. I think there's a bit of concern around like what the quality of the jersey would quality be, control. especially if they're so mass produced in the same way. Yeah. Um, there's also a massive concern around, um, I suppose, the ability for... So you've, when you've got the likes of Reebok and you've got the likes of Adidas or Adidas, whatever you want to call it, um, when you've got the likes of those two big brand companies who have been dominating the NHL over the last number of years producing all of the on ice and off ice um, replicas and everything else. There's a, there's a, there's a knowledge there to know that they can churn out and they can make the right number of jerseys right across the board. There's a concern that fanatics aren't a big enough company and a big enough organization that can meet the demand for all of the fans who'd be looking jerseys. And that is a real concern that people are worried about that. And also the fact that they don't have the same setup as say the Adidas does in terms of the customization and the ability to customize in the same way. And as you said yourself, that that whole idea of adding patches and accessories, it's, it's, there's a concern that that's not even going to happen because in previous experiences of it, of having fanatics, that's it, never been possible. And as you say, the quality is just not as good. Um, and as you say, like I've got some items, which are fanatics, which it's hit and miss. Like I, I've had a jersey, I have a jersey which is okay quality, but I've had fanatics, um, like jer- like t-shirts and 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 I think one of my baseball like baseball style t-shirts, um, I have one of those and it's the quality wasn't great and you say it just it it disappeared really quickly, um. So I don't know and I can see why people are concerned and it's a it's a significantly long contract that has been signed for this t- for this. Hopefully, fanatics can turn it around and can prove people wrong. But one other of- thing that on this point that uh, I would like to add as well, which is something that I find, which I was really shocked by, 
Um, so the front runner before the, um, uh, the what do you call uh, what are they called whenever you tenders tender came in um, was Nike. Mm-hmm. Everyone expected Nike to take it. Nike didn't even put in a tender. Oh, um, they said it wasn't. Um, now bear in mind, Nike do all the the all the international jerseys, so yes. all the uh, World Cup jerseys when they did them, and all the Olympic jerseys and World Championship jerseys yep. are all Nike. Um, they said that it was not worth their while, and their brand would be distancing itself from the NHL hmm. um, and hockey in general. So I thought that was a, a strange one. Um, it's this I think the thing the, the thing that they have with um, hockey is that it's always the third sport, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, baseball, basketball, then ice hockey. And when it comes to um, merch, selling merch and volumes that are sold. Um, um, but I believe, if I'm right in saying, I think Fanatics have started doing the baseball jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is the case, then they have two out of the big three. Um, and you might see an improvement with that growth. Yeah. But it is very strange that one of the big sports apparel companies just didn't even bother putting in a um, a tender. Yeah, interesting. Great so, stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see though what the fanatics things what the fanatics does. Um, obviously we've got another year to wait. There's one more year left in the contract for what was it? Did I say twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four? So that's this season actually. That's this coming season. So um, that'll be interesting to see what they what these new jerseys. To be fair, uh, the look know. the look of the jerseys aren't going to significantly change too much because the jersey always looks same. Well, you say that there was a big change from Reebok to Adidas. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I don't have an Adidas one. I don't know why I was looking. They done a whole, um, done a whole uh, jersey redesign. The the like the Wilds jersey is nothing like what it was for Reebok. Um, ours was either the the red with the circle or the Minnesota. Yep, and now it's the green and the the logo. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Could be big changes ahead. Could be. Um, uh, you know us. We like a good jersey on this on this um, show, so we will uh, definitely be looking at those coming under the start of the next season to see what significant changes have been made to the to jerseys. Um, that's it. That's that's all the stories yeah, I have I for this period. I think I have nothing else to add. That was a quick second period yeah and i think the third period period is gonna be just as quick if not quicker uh we'll get stuck into period three okay as john is not here i will take on period three uh which is our general Lucky news uh, so knocking news our third period is just any other stories that are kind of doing the rounds that don't really quite fit fit into our period one and period two um only two quick ones um one i know that john has put in um i think obviously because of his love for running which we'll get to in a second but i'm gonna start off with mine first um because i thought this was a a, a fun story that uh kind of was uh released this week and i kind of just wanted to mention it um this as of this week the first ever Guinness World Record uh, for oldest female ice hockey player was recorded. Um, hockey players, um, this lady, uh, 
I suppose, uh, according to Guinness Book, the Guinness World Records, a lady named Linda Sinrod uh, has officially become the world's oldest female ice hockey player ever. Uh, Sinrod is 82 years of age and she is still playing ice hockey um, to a certain level. Uh, she is a Virginia resident uh, in, America, in the States and she is a college student um, before getting ice. Uh, sorry. Um, she started playing hockey at the age of 35 which is the age when most players are usually trying to hang up their skates. Uh, but that's when Linda first started. Um, Linda became a founding member of the first female ice hockey team in Washington, D.C. at the age of 75. Um, but she was asked to leave the team um, because she could no longer keep up with the younger players. Um, but she does still play in a league that chooses teams twice a year and still plays hockey. And so because she still plays hockey, she decided that she would look into the record for oldest hockey player. Um, uh, and what Sinrod had said was that um, she always thought she was one of the oldest people or the oldest females to play the ho- play hockey. Um, and she checked the Guinness Book of Records and there was no record ever created for oldest hockey player. Um, so she uh, basically decided, ah, I'll throw my name, I'll see what happens. So she put forward to the World Re- World, uh, Guinness World Records and put forward that she was the oldest ice hockey player at the age of 82. And Guinness World Records were had the proof, had the information that were like, yep, we can stand by that and we can attest that you are the world's oldest ice hockey player, female ice hockey player um i mean 82 years of age still going strong um what do you think that's unreal that is unreal i mean 82 exactly fair fair play to her um you know getting sticking to get out of bed at 82 i know and there's there is photographs (laughs) if if there is photographs for uh guinness world record um did post the um the information on their on their official uh social media channels on the 19th of march so just this week um so if you go to the guinness world records uh for the 19th of march um you will see that they have posted up uh sinrod uh on her skates uh in the middle of a game um so where you go fair play to her um and that's a, a great um achievement at the age of 82 um last story for this period and again this is the one i think john put in because of his his interest in running and um obviously this is coming up on marathon season um and the one of the biggest marathons of of the year and one of the biggest marathons one of the most famous marathons um in in the world i guess um f- is the Boston Marathon, which takes place every year. Obviously, we know the Boston Marathon. Um, you know, obviously, we know what happened in Boston a few years back with the marathon and how significant the marathon is in Boston. Um, for for that for that city. Um, but this year, the uh, that uh, this year, uh, Sedino Chara has announced that he will be running his first ever marathon uh, on April seventeenth in Boston. Um, he is going to be running in support of the Thomas E. Smith Foundation and the Hyatt Foundation. Um don't quite know what they do um but uh the legendary defenseman is inspired oh there you go hoyt uh, became the first icon of the race of pushing his son in a wheelchair 26.2 miles uh, and he's done that on a number of occasions hoyt died passed away on september 2021 at the age of 80 um and i suppose that's where the raising money then is for um his charity um for raising money towards wheelchairs um which is um poignant given the fact that one of our stories uh earlier in this pe- earlier in this episode was around um wheelchair and destruction and someone to be in, someone's wheelchair being destroyed um i mean great great on him and i could see why john had added this in um 
um, fair play to him for doing his first ever marathon and doing it in Boston. Um, don't really know there's much more else to say on that one. <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's a, a cracking, uh, cracking charity, cracking guy. But for Zeno Charity, what's that about? Like four steps, it's huge. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where his his stride is probably longer than most people's stride, um. So he should be able to finish it probably in the space of two hours, um. <laughs> so well, yeah, fair play to him. Um, I've only done one marathon and I wasn't as fit as what Zeno Chara is. And uh, I've always said and I've sworn by it that I'm never going to do a marathon ever again. Um, it was hell on earth. Um, and I, I I'm going to stand by that. If 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 I ever say again, Dave, that I'm going to do a marathon just slap me and go do you not remember what happened in 2018 um so uh, yeah i'm i'm out um unless it's somewhere really nice like if i somehow get into the boston marathon or or maybe the london marathon no stop it martin do the, happening. do the do the disney marathon in florida do they have a marathon have a marathon yeah i thought they just done like a, a disney 10k where you run around with like do, people in like stormtrooper outfits and stuff they do they do the then too but they do a marathon but the, the disney 10ks you win really fancy medals Ooh. Nice. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. Just to finish the <laughs> anyway, off the subject. Um, okay. Um, and actually, that is our last story for this week. Uh, we don't have anything else. We don't have any questions. We don't have any overtime segment. So actually, Dave, that takes us to the end of this week's show. Short mm-hmm. and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, um, we are heading in. This is our last recording before the, uh, fi- the before the end of the um, official elite league. Um, well, before the elite league officially comes to an end. Um, so our next episode we will be recording will be when we talk about who is the crown champions of the elite ice hockey league. So watch out for that one. Um, hopefully fingers crossed everything crossed we hope that we'll be talking um about the belfast giants um if not we'll be talking and singing the praises of guilford flames who have had a fantastic season so far this year um, as long as it's one of those two uh, not- I, I won't be too bad exactly don't want the chance to win like but yeah. as long as it's not yeah. exactly um <laughs> so wherever you're getting your hockey from this week make sure you uh enjoy it because there's only uh two weeks left of official um league league campaign obviously we've got the playoffs coming up but we'll talk about that in our next recording because yeah. We're pretty excited because that means we're, we're heading off. We're going. Um, so with that, we'll sign off or do the usual. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, you can check out our website, door14hockey.com, where you can check out all of the content and previous episodes and check out the, the information from this episode on there as well. Um, podcast providers of choice, make sure you like, thumbs up, subscribe, like, buttons whatever it is that your provider of choice asks you to do um it really helps us if you kind of could leave us a review or give us a thumbs up on those platforms of choice um and we are on all our social media so don't forget to get involved and um, give us your thoughts and opinions on any of the topics we've talked about in this episode we know a few people came back to us about um our comments around uh, dave i know you weren't here last week but there was a question um that was put out by quite a few people into us about the uh elite league is the elite league a development league is it not we're not going to go back into this subject again because we had a few replies basically of people being like oh what are you saying so uh we will get back into that um maybe we'll maybe we will later in the season or the we'll do it, we'll, we do it next season yeah. we'll see what happens uh with the import limits and we'll see where that conversation goes um but uh, if you do please get involved uh please reach out to us please send us a, a message our way we're on all social medias uh twitter facebook and on instagram at door 14 hockey um and with that we will sign off for this week i'm marty I'm Dave. Have a great week.